I just say how much fun I had recording this episode. If you've been around for a little bit, you know that fun is one of my core values and Latrice Prater brought that and so much more. I connected with Latrice because I just had questions about building a successful business and success is obviously what you define it for yourself. But in this case, we're just talking about building a revenue generating sustainable business with a team with having ADHD and other neurodivergencies and how that works, where she's been able to find success, how she can leverage her strengths and how she hires out for her weaknesses. I think this conversation is so supportive. Even if you don't identify as having a neurodivergency, first of all, you're going to end up working or connecting or have somebody in your life that has this going on. And so I think the more we can understand how that impacts them, the more that we can have empathy and compassion and understanding for the things that they're dealing with and maybe even be able to offer or see how some of those coping mechanisms are at work for them. But also really being able to lean into who you are and your values, what makes you special and unique. And being unapologetic about that is something that Latrice does so well. And I think no matter how you identify, you can take away lessons from what she has to share in this episode. Now, Latrice is a neurodivergent CEO of the Digital Solutions Team, a virtual agency providing tech and operations solutions to female business owners. Latrice is a wife and mother of three who currently resides in the Austin, Texas area. She is fiercely passionate about people, personal, and professional development, and harnessing her authenticity to attract her tribe. Latrice loves to provide training and guidance to women who are service providers with online businesses and identify as neurodivergent. As a woman in business with ADHD, generalized anxiety, bipolar 2 disorder, and insomnia, she knows firsthand the challenges one faces to run and sustain a profitable business. She started her journey as a business owner in February 2020 as a solopreneur. She now leads a small agency that consists of a team of 13 amazing women and continues to scale her six-figure business. And we'll have all the links on how you can connect with Latrice in the show notes, but there's going to be a free download on how to authentically attract your ideal clients. And Latrice even has business alignment sessions for ADHD entrepreneurs. And she talks more about that at the end of the show. So definitely tune in if you're interested in connecting or working with her. You can find Latrice at the digitalsolutionsteam.com. And my hope for you guys is that when you listen to this, you feel as excited and encouraged as I did listening to Latrice share. On to the episode. Latrice, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I was lucky enough to connect with you before and we got to have a chance to meet and just, you know, be able to hang out. I would love it if you would share a little bit about yourself and what you do in the online space with the audience. Absolutely. I always think it's funny when people ask me, like, tell me about yourself. And like, that's a loaded, that's loaded. Okay. Um, but, Depending on the day, right? Like, what's right. interesting you right now? <laughs> but let's see. I am a mom 
of three and a wife. I have a 15-year-old daughter, 13-year-old daughter, and a four-year-old son. So they keep me on my toes. My daughters are as big as I am at this these days. So <laughs> oh, yeah, it happens so fast. Way too fast. Okay. And I keep telling them I look too young to have a child that's in high school. Way yes. too young. But it is what it is. <laughs> so uh, mom, wife, entrepreneur, <laughs> of course. I have my master's degree in education. I love, 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 love to learn. Like that's my thing. I have ADHD. That's my thing. <laughs> But you know what? The crazy thing is, out of all the things, I always tell people, like, I have a nice little fun, just multitude of things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, ADHD, generalized anxiety, um, and then you pair that with some insomnia and throw a little bit of some uh, anxiety attacks on top of that, uh, and then bipolar 2, which was manic depression, all up into one. And Mm -hmm. I don't even know how I come to be this way. Just a goofball. That's what I am. <laughs> but nonetheless, I have a master's degree in education. So I'm a lifelong learner. I definitely love to learn. And I've held many, many jobs. I was in the military for four years. I was actually in the Navy. And I've done so many things, which led me to wanting to own my own business. I've owned several businesses, <laughs> actually, and made money in all of them, but got bored with all of them. Mm-hmm. So... Before starting uh, my current business, I was an executive assistant and I found out about the whole world of VAs. And I did not realize that people got paid to do exactly what I do from the comfort of their own homes. And I was shocked and appalled. (laughs) (laughs) So I did a whole bunch of research because I like to learn and got back on uh, social media because at that time I took almost like a break from social media. Mm -hmm. So I got back on social media change my profile. Like I was still working my job, change my profile on LinkedIn to say like, this is what I'm doing now. And just went full throttle and quit my full-time job in February of 2020 and started my business as a virtual assistant. Then mm-hmm. now I do not call myself a virtual assistant, but that's what I was then. So now I have a small agency and pretty much we support other women-owned businesses or women entrepreneurs with all things tech. That is my specialty now. I love, love, love tech. I realize as much as I am great at the admin things, it's not as much fun for me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love systems and I love, you know, learning them, creating the things. So we are pretty much operations, tech support, our three main words is always systems, strategies, solutions. Mm-hmm. That's it. So oh, I like the solutions. Yes. <laughs> All the solutions. I often wonder if the online space is perfect for Because I would also identify as a lifelong learner. I used to say if somebody would just pay me so I can learn things all day long. Hello. And then I found out my <laughs> business and I'm like, what? They do pay me to learn things now all day long. Like I brought that in, but also for the ADD, ADHD, mm-hmm. and that like hyper, there's always something to learn and kind of keep your attention. Like it's, <sighs> it's never ending, even just the tech space alone, the new yes. tech that comes out and the changes. Like you could not get bored with those things. I think it would be really hard to get bored with it. Do you think that once you found this space, it felt like, coming home for all of your, you know, personality. Right. 
Yes, in a way it did. Because when I first started, uh, I came in, of course, as just like, I, I guess you could say a generalist mm-hmm. and as a VA, you know, just admin, all things admin. Because uh, that's what I knew. So I was like, right now I'll stick with what I know. But so many people were saying, oh, you need a niche. Niche down, niche down. And honestly, I really hate that. It makes mm-hmm. me itch every time somebody tells me niche. Like, why? And at first I tried to listen. And then I realized what really worked for me was just kind of going with with, a, with what I know. I needed to be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not try to be anything else other than myself. So niching down was not a part of my plan. I love way too many things. So I kind of just had to let things flow. And just get into the get, get into it and see what happens. And that's exactly what I did. And it worked out really well for me. My first 30 days in business, I got six, six clients. <laughs> then I realized like, oh, okay, okay, this move fast. Because at first my research showed <laughs> that most people tend to, you know, have a little while before they ra- actually ramp up. And yeah. from Different Facebook groups that I was in, I was seeing people like, oh, I've been doing this for two months and I still haven't got a client or they're not paying me enough. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. I'm smart. So I always have other ways to make money. (laughs) But for me, I got six clients the first 30 days. And that's when it was like, okay, maybe I will hire because that was not the plan. Right. The plan was just to be by myself. Yeah. But yeah. What do you attribute in retrospect being able to land those six clients? Is there something that you think that you did different or that other people could take inspiration from? Or do you think that you already had a network there? So when you launched, they were just waiting for that type of thing? Honestly, I just consider myself to be extremely authentic. Like I live by, breathe authenticity all day long. Everything about me is what you see is what you get. I'm very much like that on social media. I, Because uh, I always tell people the whole purpose of wanting to start a business was because I didn't want to conform to society's idea of what professionalism should be or should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am who I am. And that's like, I'm going to show you the good, the bad, the ugly. Like you're going to see all the things, <laughs> you know? And a lot of people tend to identify with that. So when I Talk about my my days when I have my days when I want to throw the whole business away. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that people identify with. Or when I am talking about you know the struggles <laughs> of my ADHD and how quickly I get distracted, people identify with that. So I honestly think it's it has a lot to do with that. So even when I talk to people who could become clients potentially, I'm very honest about what to expect from me, what mm-hmm. I can and can't do. And um, how I am, you know, what I'm willing to put up with and what I won't. (laughs) So people, people like that. (laughs) I think so. I was just talking with somebody about a podcast that they found that they really liked. And they said, you know, the person that is the host is showing up and they're just themselves. They don't know all the answers. They're not pretending that they do. And they're talking about their struggles and being really open and honest. And Mm -hmm. it was so refreshing in a space where a lot of people, you know, they have the expertise, but also showing up as an expert and having that fixed mindset and not having that room to, you know, think about, there's other possibilities and there's questions you can ask and there's more to learn, I think is 
ultimately turning a lot of people off, especially people that are showing up and doing the work and knowing how messy it can really be in real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And that was one of the things I didn't like either was how some people will make it seem like, oh, being an entrepreneur, having your own business is so amazing all the time. You know, I live my life on the beach. Like, no, you don't. You don't. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's the fluff for me. Like, I can't stand that fluff. I know better. And I always tell people, if you don't want to throw your business away, I mean, at least, at least once a week, then you're not CEO and right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're not doing it right. Because I want to throw the business away every other day. (laughs) Oh, man. I was building a funnel at like eight o'clock last night because the kids are, it's like their last week of school. So, you know, there's something every single day. So it's great because I can leave at noon and go over there and be at the school. But that means I got to come back and do stuff in the evening. And so I just, I was struggling. I was on the struggle bus last night for sure. (laughs) I can understand that. But I think, because I didn't take everybody else's advice and niche down. Yeah. My ADHD brain was allowed to just do what it wanted to do a little bit. Because even though, yes, at the time I was focused on admin, I had clients that were in so many different industries mm-hmm. that I didn't get bored. Thank right. God. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you might take us back just a little bit because I I know you know I'm sure being out like in the the culture and the world of TikTok and all that, that I think a lot of people are identifying with, you know, hey, I might have some neurodivergencies, whether that's being on the autism spectrum or having ADHD or all those things that at least for my generation, it wasn't talked about. There wasn't there wasn't any education for our parents about it, if they even had the time or energy to consider it. And especially for women, um, and maybe like the, even women of like marginalized groups, even more, like all those things. So can you tell us how were you made aware that you had these things going on and you know, what was that journey like? To be honest, I think like you said, it wasn't talked about. It wasn't something talked about in my community and my home. I think especially Black women, like mm-hmm. I feel like in the Black community itself, mental health is not something that we talk about enough. I didn't grow up in a household where, you know, if you felt like you needed to talk to somebody or if you felt depressed, that somebody was like, oh, you know, maybe we should get you a counselor. It was like, oh, go lay down. You'll be all right. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it just, yeah. it just wasn't a thing. And uh, as someone who's been through some traumatic experiences. You know, I always tell people when I was 14, my dad died. When my when I was 17, my mom died. So I mm-hmm. lost my parents at really young ages. Mm-hmm. And it made me who I am today, but I had to become extremely independent very early. So when I became an adult and I started to have my own children, honestly, it literally was like a day. I, it was one day I was at work and I was working for this company. I think it was called Life Care. And they helped with like stuff, what's it called? Uh, EAP, Employer Assistance Program. So anybody who works actual job, job, they should know what that is. Mm -hmm. But basically they help you get like, um, if you do want counseling, get like the first three sessions for free. Mm, Okay. So I was on the, I was a person they called, like the person that answered and helped get them connected. That was my job at the time. So I remember being at work and I was having a day. And the thing about it was I was, remembering like, I have these days often. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I have these days so often. And it, it was just like, I'm sad. I don't know why I'm sad. I'm irritable. I don't know why I'm irritable. I don't want to be here. I don't want the people today. You know, like <laughs> all yeah. of those things. And I'm not understanding why. So it got to a point where it was kind of like, maybe I should talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Because maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe it's deeper than a day because these days are becoming too often. So that's what I did. I actually called the same line that I answer. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) But somebody else answered, of course. And um, I got set up with the therapist and talked to her for a while. And, you know, going down down my whole life journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that led me to a psychiatrist because, of course, they prescribe. So at that point, I knew it was more of them diagnosing me. (laughs) And that is when I found out that I had bipolar 2, which used to be manic depression mm-hmm. and generalized anxiety disorder. The insomnia just kind of followed suit because I don't sleep. And most people with anxiety or depression sometimes have that issue. And because I have anxiety, anxiety attacks also just followed. Yeah. <laughs> and I have had a few anxiety attack attacks over the years. So, but that was like, Oh, wow. That was a while ago. I was still in my 20s for sure. Mm-hmm. And I was living in California. So, you know, went through that. I stayed consistent with my counseling, my therapy. I've always stayed consistent with that. But when I moved from California to Texas, I had to find someone new. And that did take a little while. And uh, it was the ADHD thing that crept up on me later because I wasn't diagnosed literally until I was after 30. So. The journey itself wasn't difficult because I knew something was off. I knew it wasn't normal, but I wasn't going to ignore it simply because my community or my environment or, you know, my household chose not to put in any emphasis on mental health because I care about me. And I know I have children I have to take care of. At that time, I did. I have children I have to take care of. So it's like I need to be okay in order to do that. So I just made a decision and did it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if if people have come to your advice or what you would tell somebody who might have, you know, dipped their toe in this uh, possibility, like, hey, there's something, there's something here. Like either I'm having this pattern of days or I'm really, really struggling and other people don't seem to be struggling. I know so many times we can just start beating up on ourselves and Mm -hmm. having all this negative self-talk. But I do have a conversation and I have had this conversation with people who are older and they're saying, yeah, but at this age, let's say I'm in my 40s, what benefit is a diagnosis going to give me at this point in my life? Do you have any thoughts or advice for people who are having that conversation for themselves? Honestly, I do. I honestly feel like I don't care what age you are. It benefits you to have a diagnosis because honestly, once you are diagnosed, depending on what it is too, mm-hmm. there are always varying extremes of everything, yeah. right? So even with ADHD, once I was diagnosed with ADHD and I actually sat back, sat back and thought about my whole life, I've, it's been there. It's like, it, it didn't just happen. It's <laughs> been there, right? And me knowing allowed me to hyper-focus as I already, as I already do, mm-hmm. but to really dig deep into what it meant. People say, oh, I have anxiety or I, or I think I have anxiety or I have depression. Or I think I have depression, but no one does the legwork to understand what that really means for them and how that actually 
you know, changes who they are or what mm-hmm. that does to their mental state, right? So I feel like having a formal diagnosis allows you to learn more about yourself. It allows you to create a world or a life around what's possible for you or in a way that makes things easier for you. The same with my ADHD. Now that I know, well, A, I have what I call my window of productivity. I make sure I stay within that window, okay? Anything outside of that, I'm not going to get much done. Um, (laughs) But once I I learned that and I started to dig into what ADHD was, and there's all these, there's actually subtypes, and then learning more about executive functioning and like how it affects certain cognitive skills. And then I was able to learn like which cognitive skills I struggle with the most. Mm -hmm. So, and then pinpointing that also helped because like, okay, emotional uh, regulation is huge Mm -hmm. for ADHD, which I didn't know which also plays into depression and anxiety because th- that means those symptoms can look very similar. Absolutely. yeah. <laughs> and then of course my attention span is short. I can lack a focus. I can't help it. But um, just learning all of those different things about my diagnosis kind of helped me tailor how I structure my day. It made me realize there's no way that I can sit down and actually work an eight hour day. No mm-hmm. way possible. So I'm going to stop trying. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I also learned that people with ADHD have we have a delayed sleep cycle. Most people, their sleep cycle can be anywhere from seven, not seven, eleven p.m. to seven a.m. Mm-hmm. Where people with ADHD, it is two a.m. to ten a.m. Do yeah. you know I no longer have meetings before ten a.m. Like my yeah. cl- my calendar is blocked off. Like don't call me. Don't talk. I, don't talk. <laughs> I can't talk. But it literally allowed me to structure my day that works best for how I function in general, instead of trying to force myself to live in a narrative that doesn't fit me. That's really helpful. And that's what I want to talk about next is you've shared already so many helpful ideas and tips about how you've been able to structure your business and ultimately your life around what will work best for you. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about a couple of things. It doesn't sound like you had this issue, but I know some people have this issue where especially they come into this space and they see like people are, you know, they're looking outside of themselves and saying, this person's doing their business this way. They're working this many hours. They're doing these things. Did you have a period of having to shed any of that uh, in order to create the business that worked for you? Or did you already come in so authentically yourself that you were able to just say, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way, period. In the beginning, I think I did come in looking at everybody else because I think we all tend to do that because Mm -hmm. we're basically going into some uncharted territory, you know, like we don't really know. So we always come in to look to see, okay, well, what is everybody else doing? How did they get so successful? So maybe I need to follow what they're doing. But I quickly realized (laughs) that... I can't, I can't follow that. I can't follow it for the simple fact of A, I'm not neurotypical. And B, to be honest, what I've really found out is the secret sauce to business is me. I am the secret sauce. I'm the reason why my business pops. It's because people like me. So how am I showing them me if I'm trying to follow somebody else? So that's why I quickly was able to shift because it was like, this doesn't feel authentic. This does not feel like trees. And this is not why I started a business to be like somebody else. Yeah. Well, we need to change it. But I think a lot of people do that. And people with ADHD, they still do it. They can suspect they have ADHD and they still try their very best 
to follow like these online courses and these coaches, not understanding that you can't firmly apply all of that to yourself because there's so many people who try it. And it's like, I, I don't understand why doesn't it work for me? I can't get it. It's not a you thing. It wasn't made for you. It wasn't made for you in mind at all. So I have definitely learned because I do buy online courses. I'm not going to lie. But I take <laughs> from it what I'm looking for in it. Mm-hmm. I don't, other than that, I don't like, I don't hold myself to any, in, in any crazy standards. I remember telling my coach, she always, you know, about when she asked about goals, money goals and all. I was like, to be honest, I never set any actual money goals. I just knew that I wanted to work for myself. And as long as I could pay my bills, I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. The fact that I became as successful as I did was a bonus, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I love people and I'm, I'm a servant leader. I believe in service. I believe in serving people. And that's just who I am by nature. But because of my ADHD and all the other things I got going on, I do have to set firm boundaries in a stand on those. <laughs> mm-hmm. What I loved that you talked about also is not having a niche because that is, I would say the majority of things you see out there are people saying that you should do that. And every single person I know that as some sort of like neurodivergent, neurotypical, they, uh, they would say, absolutely not. Like I can't function that way. It makes no sense to me. It feels horrible. Yep. So I love that you shared that because I think that message needs to be out there more everywhere. There are coaching programs telling people, focus on one offer. You need to focus on one offer. Your one offer will get you here or get you this. And I'm like, immediately, no. (laughs) No. And because I've had that. I've had an online, a really popular online coach tell me that, It is a limiting belief to believe that I need to create constantly. And I said, it is a limiting belief to believe that I only have to create one thing and just offer one thing because how my business grew was the simple fact that I did not niche down. It was because I kind of went with the ebbs and flows. If I liked it, great. If I didn't, I didn't do it again. Mm -hmm. But for me to tell me to just settle with one thing, yeah, no, that doesn't work because I'm going to get bored and I'm going to be done. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> no, and then be on to the next thing. So, and that's as my mom used to say. I used to love when she said it. What's good for the geese ain't always good for the gander. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I have learned to apply what applies, but if it doesn't apply, let it fly. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think about? Have you found that you've attracted either team and or clients that would identify with you and? had similar traits or would you say that you have attracted, especially with team, I'm wondering, because sometimes I always say like, I like to hire for my weaknesses mm-hmm. because of them, there are many. And I love it when somebody can come in and we could support each other. And so I'm wondering how that has worked for you as you've been growing your business. Oh, wow. Well, attracting people, I think as of lately, when it comes to clients, I have actually attracted quite a few more ADHD clients, mm-hmm. um, which I'm okay with. We speak the same language. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to team, I think I attract so many different types of people. I will say, I know there are other team members that have ADHD, but I did hire for my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I was very intentional in how I hired too, because I didn't want it to be like an agency full of just like, oh, we just a bunch of virtual assistants. That's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I really wanted 
what I called a boutique agency. Yes. But different, everybody, like different specialties, you know, Mm -hmm. like at this point, it's now 14 of us and I'm hiring again. (laughs) But within the, the group, you know, there is someone who does video and audio editing. There's someone who does strategy, like marketing strategy, copywriting. There's someone who does uh, design or website design and graphic design. And then there are those who are like systems specialists because that's what they do. They love the systems. And then you have people who love admin. So that's what they stick to. Mm-hmm. But it was very intentional on how I built my team. I wanted to make sure, honestly, I wanted to make sure that my clients felt like they can get almost everything they needed in one place. Mm-hmm. And that has proved to work very well for me because I had a client that started with me a year ago at 20 hours. Mm-hmm. Now they literally pay for 130 hours a month. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's why I say, don't listen to people when they tell you niche down. Don't do it. <laughs> do it your way. <laughs> when you think about how much time uh, online entrepreneurs especially spend thinking about hiring and where do I find this person? Because like for me, when I hire for my clients, where I'm finding tech people is a completely different place than where I'm finding general VAs, where I'm finding social media managers. Like, yeah, yeah, I do it. And so I know where these people are hanging out, but it's not like a common knowledge or somebody would know if they're just over there running their business. So what a gift to give them to say like, we have everything you need. We vetted these people. They love what they do. And we're here to support you. What a cool yes. offer. And and to be honest, some of them aren't necessarily the people that you find in those groups. Mm-hmm. One of the, one person on my team in particular, um, she started, she's been with me for about a year now. She came in as a, uh, well, I, I stopped calling myself a virtual assistant a long time ago, yeah. and I just kind of switched the narrative. So I actually call them business support partners. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because we we don't work for you. We work with you. We're partners in this. We're thought leaders. We have our own set of ideas. We, You know what I mean? Like, we're not here to just check off. We're not to do people. We're not here mm. for the checkoff list. Oh, so, I feel that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I want to know, like, to me, I want to be just as invested in your vision as you are. When it comes to your business. So I don't want to want you to feel like I don't care because I care just as much because your success is our success. So mm-hmm. that's what made me switch that. But when she started, she applied for the position via LinkedIn because sometimes I will post on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Her background was dance. That was her background. Yeah. And did she you did, see she, that? And and how did you know to get on a call or to take any next steps with her? Because somebody might have seen that and said, like, what what are you doing? <laughs> Well, part of my process, well, she was a, what's it called? An aerialist. That's what it was. So she did that type of dance. But I mean, she also worked at a, I want to say gym where mm-hmm. she did like gym membership management. So I'm like, okay, I'm smart enough to know there's some admin there. Yeah. Okay. But because of my process, my hiring process, it also includes like sending um, a two minute video. And it was honestly her video. And that's why I make people send videos. I liked her her vibe, her energy. Mm -hmm. So I did the interview with her and I was like, oh, I like her. She's solid. Um, And one thing my team will tell you, because they tell me all the time, is my intuition is spot on, especially when it comes to people. And I I follow it every time. My intuition, she don't lie to me. (laughs) I was just writing that. People couldn't see me, but I was just writing that note to ask you that question because I was wondering if that instinct or intuition, mm-hmm. I feel like that's 
there's so many things that I wanted to ask you. One is agency model, because I see a lot of people with ADHD creating agencies. And I'm curious if you find that that's common too, and why you think that might be. And then also, I have to think that that instinct and that trusting your intuition piece being so strong in people who would be considered uh, neurodivergent is something that has been, we lean on as a coping mechanism, or if that's just maybe overly like developed compared to other people in this space that really like, you know, to trust your gut because so much of what's out there, you already know, isn't going to work or hasn't worked for you. So you have to rely on the intuition. Two questions. Mm -hmm. Part one. (laughs) You can tell I'm getting excited because I'm like, five questions. (laughs) I'm like, wait, two questions, part one. So, Lord. (laughs) But now I'm like, what was the first question? The agency, the agency. Oh, yes. There are quite a few um, people. It's quite a few women I know that have an agency model that do have ADHD. And I honestly think it's because, A, we know we need help. I I mean, I can't. (laughs) There's no way. I can't do it all by myself. I like to think I can sometimes, but like, we know we need help. Oh, I and love that. Honestly, we like, te- we like the team, the collaboration. Mm-hmm. Like that's the part that I like. I never like the whole manager to employee dynamic, but mm-hmm. like uh, collaborating, love that. Cause we love people. Um, so I think that's why I also think too, and it kind of goes into the second question is not when it comes to the intuition thing, I honestly think that mainly comes from the place of, because if you look, look it up, the data, like everything I've read, anyone who has any type of neurodivergency, whether it's ADHD or, I mean, now they're still, because it's, the term itself is kind of new, they yeah. are still kind of, you know, expanding what it could include. Right. When it started, it was like ADHD, it was autism and a couple other ones. But now some sources also cite anxiety or whatever. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, if you look into those different things, it typically says that people who have those always have more compassion mm-hmm. or more empathetic. Because one, you have to think about the type of emotions we deal with. We are hard on ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? We are emotional regulation. Hello? Like (laughs) we have a lot of issues with dealing with our own emotions. So that means we can either be quick tempered, easily irritated, hard, like criticism is hard for us because we're already hard on ourselves. So (laughs) I think it stems um, from from that place. Like we just we're more sensitive because of those things. So that's why I think for us it's heightened, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It totally does. It's a beautiful answer. I try. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like goosebumps, goosebumps. (laughs) So when you think about like the way that you've structured your business, I know you've talked about your work day. Is there anything internally systems wise or something that you do as a business or an agency that you've identified that works really well for you? because of your diagnoses and or that you've gotten feedback from your team or like, hey, this is really different, but we love it. Or this just Mm -hmm. really works. And I wouldn't have thought of it this way. One thing you should know, and I know you know, 
with ADHD people, never ask us what our strengths are. We can never answer that question. (laughs) It's hard. It's really hard to look at. I, when we we mentioned this a little bit, but it's like trying to read your label from the inside of the bottle, like you're inside. So you don't, you know, you're just living life and celebrating as you are. So when somebody's like, can you get on the outside of that bottle and read to me what it says? It's like, I don't know. (laughs) Facts. So it's like, uh, when people ask me that, I never know what to say. But what I realize is that's because a lot of things that people consider strengths, to me, I just consider it as common sense. Like, it just makes sense to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not a strength. It makes sense. So <laughs> I I asked my team before because I'm like, hey, I got somebody asking me about my strengths. I don't know. <laughs> what, what would you guys say? And mm-hmm. literally, the first thing was intuition. Like, my intuition with people are spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a good connector when it comes to placing people with other people. Yeah. Um, I'm really good at that. Um, and one of the top ones was creative problem solver. And yeah. I am. Yeah. And, it, it, and I think that's why I like systems too. And they say they love that sometimes they could like be in a system and have an issue and they've tried 150 million ways and I will come in and literally be like in 2.5 seconds, did you do this, this, and this? Oh, there you go. It works. <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. And it's just the way my brain is wired. And I always tell people I'm the kid that like, I hated math, but did good in math, but I can't tell you how I arrived to the answer. Like, I hate it when people like, show your answer. I'm like, I don't know how I got the answer. I just know it's the answer, <laughs> you know? So yes, I do. Uh, yeah. It's, it's different, but I think that's what makes it great is because I, I love relationships that, that part of who I am, I love to build relationships like that will last. I love to feel like I'm building a bond with folks that's going to, you know, stand the test of time and proving to be valuable to them and their business. Um, my team always feels like I always find the best clients because yeah. of that. like we work with some of the best women and I love them to pieces, of course. But at the same time, I know my strengths are very much like everything high level. Mm Because when you start throwing too many details at me, you will lose me Mm -hmm. in a heartbeat. But I'm also extremely creative. I like aesthetics. So I tend to like to create. So I love graphics and I love messing with websites and, you know, things like that. But I'm the person they go to for the ideas, too, because I have a bajillion of them. If only I could sell my ideas, like I would be rich. Like, you know, I have always have an idea. But, ah, man, being being an an entrepreneur or a business owner, you know, with any type of neurodivergency is not the easiest, but it's doable. You know, it's not, not the easiest, not the hardest. So, it's definitely doable and it, it has its advantages. And I think that's the part that people don't realize. There are so mm-hmm. many advantages to it. And I would, I feel like there needs to be more spaces for us because there are not enough spaces for us. So, and it's like, choose your heart, right? Because it's, you know, they're hard days and yeah. Are they harder when you own your own business than when you work for somebody else? I think so. Mm-hmm. But does it outweigh having to be somewhere and do what somebody says for the majority of my waking hours? No, not for me. No, because I I don't like authority. Never have. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm still in that. Immediately, no. (laughs) I just keep hearing that TikTok sound. Immediately, no. Oh, is it from Schitt's Creek? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) 
but it, I mean, and there's so many great things about, you know, having ADHD. And I always tell people, when you talk to me, I like to outline the good, the mm-hmm. positives, because there are positives. Nothing comes with just negatives. I'm mean, honestly, even anxiety has its positives because it allows you to be more compassionate. It allows you to be more, be more empathetic. And the thing is, most people don't even understand the difference between empathetic and sympathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a huge difference between the two. And even as a child, I loved psychology. I love to learn like what made people tick. Why are mm-hmm. people the way they are? And I think that led me down a road of my own self-discovery. And honestly, what I found out is really what in order to be extremely like aware or socially aware, you need to first be self-aware. It's hard mm-hmm. for somebody to put themselves in your shoes if they don't even know who they are. Like they can't fathom your like day-to-day or the things that you're going through if they're not remotely self-aware <laughs> of what yeah. goes on within them. Right. So I have to think your conversation is so comforting and encouraging because I think especially in, let's say the OBM space or the business Mm -hmm. support space that we're in, I sometimes see people who I just, you could tell right away they're mismatched because whether the business owner knows or not, they have some sort of like creative or neurodivergencies going on and you put them with a very concrete thinker. And if there's not a level of understanding and compassion between those two parties, you could see the one person saying, okay, but we need to do everything this way. We need to yeah. have a system that looks like this. We need to have a project management tool that looks like this. Mm-hmm. We need, need, need. And they get really frustrated when somebody doesn't want to fit inside of that box, even in their own business. Yeah. And so just knowing that no matter what you have going on, that there's that support and help out there for you. And just because one person isn't the right fit doesn't mean you can't find that support in your Absolutely. in your life and your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, honestly, people don't realize you can be compassionate (laughs) without having to suffer, you know, from the same things. But for me, because of course, I have clients who do 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 have ADHD and don't have ADHD. Yeah. But they they understand how I work, how I function. And they appreciate that because they know the value in that. Like my client, my very first client, She's been with me for the last two years. She ain't gone nowhere. She ain't going nowhere. Um, <laughs> she, because even with her, I remember when I started working with her, her, her uh, significant other adores me because I block off her birthdays on her calendar. I don't ask her. I do it because it's your birthday. Why are you working? Go do something. <laughs> when I, I see too many calls stacked up, I'm putting in buffers. Like, what are you doing? Go use the bathroom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, so, you know, that I think that's why it's easy for, you know, us to make those, have those relationships because I don't know, we're human and I'm not trying to fit into no box. I'm not trying to put nobody else in the box. We are all free to evolve and become whatever it is we need to be to be great or whatever that looks like. You know, there's no one definition for success. Success yeah. is whatever you want it to be. You know, my definition of success can be very different from yours. So I think that the world that we live in, the problem is a lot of the times people get so stuck on their own outlook and their own views, and they're not open to anyone else's because if it's, if it doesn't align with theirs, then they must be wrong. It's like, mm-hmm. no, that's not how this works. 
at all. <laughs> yeah. So I like to be different. You know, I yes. think that's it's great to be different. Who wants to be like everybody else? You know, I don't <laughs> like that seems a little boring to me. And not that you need permission, but I feel like if you were on the edge or you were just kind of beating yourself up for like, I don't know, I'm trying to do the miracle morning and I can't get up at 5 a.m. and I can't do all these things. Like this episode can be your permission if you feel like you need it to say you don't have to do anything else anybody else is doing in order to have your version of success. So serious. I have clients that will tell you, they will message me via Slack because everything's on my phone too at 9 a.m. And I will straight be like, I haven't even got out of bed yet. Give me a minute. <laughs> but, you know, like, and it's true. I'm I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. for nobody unless I really, really have to. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I barely went to sleep at probably two knowing me. <laughs> like, I'm tired. <laughs> but the same clients will also tell you nobody's going to, like, work and, like, push like I do mm-hmm. at all. Like, at all. So, because sometimes I'll be up late working. I'm also the one that's going to make sure like when stuff hits the fan, I'm the first one I'm seeing. And for some reason, I guess that's when my ADHD really shows itself. When things are super chaotic, I am at my calmest. I don't know what it is, yeah, but I am so calm and people could be going crazy. And I'm just like, all I know is we got a problem. It's going to get solved. Okay. I'm going to need you to calm down so we can get this solved. You ready? I also heard that could be anxiety because they said like a lot of nurses, for example, have some sort of anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. because they're just like at, you know, like full attention waiting for all the bad things to happen. And when they do, they can sink into that complete calm because they're like, ah, it's here. I've prepared. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense too. I know with ADHD, they say the reason why we're really good at that is because if you think about it. Our brains are already like that. Like it's already chaos in our heads. (laughs) So when chaos is actually taking place, it's just the world catching up. That's all right. Now, I know you have these really cool sessions, your business alignment sessions for the ADHD entrepreneur, which I know after this conversation, people want to have more of you, more of your strategy to have that focus on their business and their life. So can you tell us what those are and what that looks like? Yes. So because I love what I do so much, and I'm joking, (laughs) Um, the business alignment session for the ADHD entrepreneur is pretty much... Uh, almost like a strategy session, but it is mainly for those who I would say either early in diagnosis or self-diagnosed. And the reason why I say that is because that means that they haven't really taken the time to get to know like, okay, well, does this really mean for me? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if I don't know about you, when I heard ADHD, I always think of little boys. Like you do. That's what boys. we're trained. Yeah. Right. And they're running around. They won't sit down. That part. Uh, that's all I think we knew about it until very recently for most exactly. of the population. Exactly. So little boys that don't know how to steal. And because it looks different in women, we often go either underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed. But it allow the session allows for me to work with other it's still female business owners. I'm sorry, women power. I love working with yes. the women. Um that, <laughs> you know that has either been formally diagnosed and just early on in or self-diagnosed with ADHD. And it helps them to pretty much leverage their unique abilities in a way that aligns with how their brain innately functions so that they can really grow and scale their business and be comfortable in it. 
So it's a 90 minute session and I kind of go over like a hit on a little bit today, those cognitive styles, the ADHD types, and then giving them the clear and easy to implement action plan to help propel, propel their businesses based on those, you know, cognitive styles and those ADHD types um, and just the tips and the resources to continue to grow. But it really kind of gets a little deeper into it to make them see like, okay, I've been doing it this way for so long. Obviously, it's not working. So this is why. And when it comes to like the, the cognitive style, and this is just probably a really good example. Some people at all have like a, say an issue with an organization because a lot of people will say most people with ADHD aren't very tidy. We t- they tend to be disorganized, right? That's not a me problem. I was in the military. I am very organized, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even understanding that in ways and trying to implement tips in ways that you can fix that around, like fix what works around you. So it's not always just like, because I can't stand clutter, but so you can function. So things can be clear because it helps you clear your mind. Understanding mm-hmm. that you need to take more breaks than most people. You know, you really do like mm-hmm. way more breaks because people with ADHD will work their life away and forget to drink water, go to the bathroom and eat. Mm-hmm. I know. Let me tell you how I know. <laughs> I, need, I haven't even opened my lunch yet. Oh, no. You need somebody to put that on your calendar. Yes. <laughs> and we forget. We forget a lot. ADHD people, memory is, is the worst. I walk into a room all the time. Like, why did I come in? <laughs> so I write everything down. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Not in a notebook, though. Because notebooks, it will get lost. Because you can close it. I know. So literally have all the different notebooks for all the different things. That's why I don't do notebooks. So Mm -hmm. what I did was I started buying stuff like this. Amazon, tearaway pages. I just Mm want to write my to-do so I can cross it out. So writing helps a lot. And if I don't have access to a pen and paper, the notes function in Mm -hmm. my iPhone, that thing's lit up with all the things. But I tell you, yeah. I don't know if you've used, I, there's an app called Captio and you connect it to your email and you just like write yourself a note. So a lot of times as I'm like, usually in the car, you could put it on voice and you just say what you want to say and not forget because I know if I wait till I get home, I'm going to forget. Yeah. So I do it and you press send and it emails it to you. So you sent yourself an email. So even wow. like it gets less buried than sometimes for me, the note section of the phone. That's true. I just tend to check check my notes section. I guess because I use it so much, so yeah. it's a habit now. And even the the reminders on your iPhone, because you can set an alarm to those. So you sure can. There's yeah. so much technology now that I feel like we can really leverage and use to our advantage. Like I use, it's called Be Focused Pro, and mm. it's 25 minute timers. Which for me sometimes I like, like the Pomodoro method. Yeah, it's just exactly that, mm-hmm. and it's so you set it, but it's not in any other app, so I don't get distracted by trying to figure out where it's at. You kind of stay there, and then it reminds you take a five minute break. And after I think it's an hour and a half, it tells you to take a 25 minute break. So wow. you get these like reminders that's outside of yourself. Even if I just get up and change the laundry or go step outside no, like it's a reminder that. to get up we need it because that's the part that we forget a lot and to be honest i think just learning to have grace with yourself period because whether you whether people want to accept it or not there there will be days where your pro your, your productivity is not gonna look like what you want it to look like and every now and then it's okay to just follow do- the dopamine where it mm-hmm. takes you and 
understand that ADHD paralysis is a thing, just like task overwhelm mm-hmm. is a thing. Take your time, have grace. Because I, if you don't, you'll just sit there and constantly beat yourself up and it's no need. Like, it's okay. It's not that deep. It's never that deep. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I've learned. Like, if I'm having a moment and I can't seem to focus, it, I'm just like, it's just not going to get done. I'm sorry. Yep. Right. I'm going to have to reassess. I need a moment. <laughs> it's okay. But we all deserve that. So it's okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's definitely for everybody. I think it's a process of unlearning when you're in your own business. Like it doesn't, you can have whatever success you want without mm-hmm. having to work yourself to the bone and we're not these robots that are just you know have to sit at our desk and do things in a certain way in a certain time frame a lot of the timelines that we come up with are just our own like we've made those ourselves so it's like we're putting these external timelines on ourselves and say it has to be done but who said like who said it had to be done on this day sometimes our clients sometimes (laughs) oh i'll tell my clients straight up they know me I will let them know. It depends, though. I remember one time my client gave me a, a, a task. And I don't know what it was with this task. I think it was just too many details. And for some reason, my brain could not pull all these things together. And I told her straight up, I was like, I am not the girl for this. I was like, I'm about to assign this to somebody else on my team because it's not going to get done with me. I can't. I just can't. My brain physically won't let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> and she was just like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's <fair. laughs> So now if somebody wants to sign up for this business alignment session or connect with you, we'll have all of these in the show notes as always, but can you tell us where we find you in the online space? Where are you hanging out and where can Um, we find out more about this? Well, I, I be I be hanging out right here, actually. No, (laughs) Um, I mean, of course I'm, I'm on Instagram at the virtual pro. So T H E virtual P R O pro the virtual pro. Facebook. You can just find me by my name, Latrice Prater. LinkedIn, Latrice Prater. <laughs> so, I mean, those are the three places I probably uh, hang out the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, my website, www.thedigitalsolutionsteam.com is where you can find out more about my business and my team of other amazing women who do all the amazing things. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Shoot me an email. I respond most of yeah. the time. <laughs> it's a text I forget to respond to, to be honest. <laughs> I can't thank you enough. This has not only just been such a joy, but I love these episodes where I feel like it's been really comforting and encouraging to people in this space because yeah. you're sharing your experience, you're sharing your ideas, but also your acceptance of yourself, I think is inspiration for everybody to have that same acceptance of themselves. And it's such a beautiful example. I just thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Oh this man. Fun. I would love to have you on again. So have you to... tell me when <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. You guys, wasn't that so good and so much fun. If you liked that, definitely follow Latrice over on Instagram. The link is in the show notes because she shares a lot of wisdom and truth in her Instagram stories, and I absolutely love it. I wanted to tell you real quick, this is the last week. If you want to sign up to do the only live round of Higher Higher Pants on Fire, if you're an online service provider who knows that they need to or is planning to hire a team member or an additional team member in the next one to six months, this could be for you. 
We're going to walk through those foundation pieces, the stuff that only you as a business owner can do to create that vision for the team you want to design. We're going to go through how to decide who to bring on next, what are some things you can look at, who you can afford, what certain specialties will cost, what makes the most sense for your business. And then we're going to get into the nitty gritty of interviewing, how to create that perfect job description, the application that's going to get you the answers that you need to be able to figure out who to hop on a call with. Should you be doing test projects? How do you rate your interviews? All that stuff's covered there. And then we finish up with onboarding and offboarding. Hopefully, more onboarding than off, but you know, sometimes things happen. We go over how to have a tough conversation, what happens when somebody's leaving the business. But more importantly, we talk about how to support somebody coming into your business. What kind of systems can you set up and create so that you know that things are getting done the way you want and you feel really good about bringing them into something where they're not going to be floundering. Because I have found that people really want to show up and do good job for you, but they need to know how to do it. So if you're interested, if you want to know more, you can send me a DM on Instagram just with one word higher, and I'll send you the link to the page. If you're more independent and you just want to go over there immediately, you can either click the link in the show notes or go to julietraining.com backslash dream team and find out more. We'll see you guys in the next episode. 